I am Enzo. And I'm Reina. And this is the Date Night Horror Show. <laughs> hey, welcome everyone. Our first show. So yeah, excited. I'm very excited. Um, so I guess we should start by explaining what the show's about and who we are uh, and why we're doing this. Yeah. So as I said, my name is Reina. I am the better half of this duo. My wife. <laughs> and uh, um, in the daytime hours, um, I work for a anti-human trafficking uh, organization. I run two women's shelters. So that's what I do during the day. And per night, I like to be with the night creatures. Um, really love horror. Um, I think I started my love for horror when you and I started dating. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw horror. My parents weren't really into horror. My family aren't horror people. Um, and one of my, my my picks is a horror movie that I actually watched with my family, but I don't think they ever really enjoyed or appreciated horror. Right. And then when you and I started to date, you introduced me to all kinds of horror, and it just became kind of our thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I think every, every family can sort of relate to this. Um, there's one or two family members that are really into horror that's it's kind of in their DNA. It's who they are, like what they've always liked. And then there's a... A larger majority that's not as into horror. Um, in my family, I was definitely the only sibling, and I have three other siblings. The only sibling that was really, really passionate about horror at a very early age. Um, I think I inherited it from my mom, and I would watch creature features with, with my mom all the time. And then beyond that, you know, would would try to f- sneak uh, seeing like the really, really heavy, scary horror films um, even after that. So I'm, I'm, I'm such a horror fan. Um, and I think when you and I got together in our teens, um, I had all these horror movies in my back pocket. And I was like, oh, you got to see these movies. They're so good. Which was really cool because I think it, you're so cute when you talk about her. You're so passionate. And so I think it was really fun for you to introduce me to all these different horror, horror movies, which you still do. Because sometimes even being together as long as we have, and sometimes you're like, remember this movie? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking And you'll be like, oh, my God, I have to introduce you to that movie. I can't believe I've never shown it to you. Yeah, and and uh, I'm obsessive and nerdy about about the, the minutia of, of horror and and the actors and the the years they came out and all that, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm I just appreciate that you're uh, you've <laughs> you've you've humored me the entire time, uh, and it's kind of created this weird uh, glue between us. This kind of yeah. cement it cemented our relationship. Uh, kind of horror is at the core of it, and that's how I came up with the idea of doing a podcast together. Um, I listen to a lot of podcasts on multiple subjects, um, but I really love looking for good horror podcasts. And there's some out there. I mean, there's some really good ones, um, but a lot of them, it's usually a boys club or it's kind of, you know, just, you know, guys like me nerding out on on horror. Uh, there's very rarely a female um, presence or uh, perspective. And... I know how much of a, a huge horror fan you are. I genuinely, genuinely love horror. And I think our tastes kind of uh, 
are are similar in a lot of ways, but then but then we go in different directions as well. And then you know we're always watching horror movies. It is our date night to watch horror movies, uh, and we always talk about them afterwards, and we have great discussions on them. And I think that is what will be interesting about this show. And I think what could be unique about this show uh, amongst other horror podcasts is that it's a couple's perspective on horror. And then, of course, yours and mine are separate perspectives as well. Uh, And as it relates to, you know, being together, spending time together, watching people get their heads cut off. Yeah, that's always fun time. Yeah. But I think I think the biggest difference is that I watch horror for the pure enjoyment of it. Right. And you go the way almost. you go way deeper. Yeah, I mean I mean that sounds kind of elitist, but no it's not that. No, I don't think it's elitist at all. Yeah. It's just a different perspective. It's it's kind of a um <laughs> like kind of a battle-ridden kind of perspective. So if I see something modern now that feels very derivative because I've seen five other movies that it's obviously influenced by. It won't set the world on fire for me as if seeing that first idea the first time. So I I think both perspectives are going to be interesting for the show. Um, And I'm sure some people will identify with kind of my opinion. And then I'm sure many people will identify with your opinion. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> and then you know everything in between, um, our relationship and all that. So, so what do you do during the day, Enzo? Well, I've always been an artist, so I've been drawing since I was five. And during the day, I'm a video game developer um, on the art side of it. Uh, originally, I thought I was going to get into makeup art, uh, which I do do. I still do, but I don't do it professionally. Uh, but I'm one of those weird artistic kids you know or i'm not a kid anymore but uh i've I've always done creative things super sexy i need to do creative things um this podcast is one of those things um i wrote the theme music for for the podcast uh because i'm a songwriter as well um so i'm always looking for ways to express myself um through our marriage uh we do a lot of costume events and a lot of i mean they call it cosplay now but um we do tons of, of costume events, and I get to use my makeup art there and my costume design there. So I'm just one of those um, creative, nonconformist weirdo types. And we've been together for 33 years. Can you believe yeah. that? Yeah, married 23, together 10 before. Yeah. So and the one thing I've always appreciated... I think it's going to work out. I think so. <laughs> I think you're stuck with me. Yeah. But um, I think what I've always appreciated that you have always included me in your art and your makeup and like this podcast. <laughs> that sounds really weird. <laughs> hey, it's fun. Don't my knock husband, it till you try. My husband includes me in his, in his makeup. Well, you know what's funny I mean, is no, there's been times. No, there's been times where you know it's how a lot you of do the stuff. Really. Yeah, there's been times where you know you're supposed to share something like an icebreaker. Uh-huh. And when I say the whole makeup thing, people look at me like I'm totally insane. How do you share it? Like, what do you say? We like to. Do, go oh, to makeup go events, to costume, costume events. Costume I mean. events, yeah. yeah. They're looking at me like, okay. Yeah, I, I, I don't funny. care. I have family members who, you know, it's they'll share a picture like on Facebook. They'll share pictures of me just by myself, right? 
And then when I share the the costume stuff, like the makeup stuff, some of the stuff we do is really, really gory. And they don't share that stuff because <laughs> I think it freaks them out a little bit. Um, again, I feel like horror, you either get it or you don't at a very young age. And I think when you do get it at a young age, even, God, me, like five, six years old, I actively pursued horror. Like, I was trying to figure out ways to not get caught watching, you know, the latest slasher movie, you know, even though my mom is horror friendly because she's a horror fan as well. I like that horror friendly. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think she even has limits beyond, you know, sure. I've gone way beyond those limits. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I think horror is such a huge passion of, of ours. Um, it's become a really, it's become a, a very tried and true ritual in our, our marriage and in our courtship to this day. So I think that's that's what the show is about. It's yeah. date night horror show. Like that's what that's what we do. And I know we're not unique. I know a lot of other couples uh, enjoy horror together. So okay, um, I think the best way to start is to uh, give the listeners a sense of who we are as horror fans and kind of our general tastes. Um, maybe five of our favorite horror movies that really describe our love and taste for horror. Sounds good. Ladies first. I'll have you start it up. Okay. So the first one I had to pick was my favorite genre of horror movies, which is zombie. Yes. Um, I was trying to figure out why I'm so fascinated with zombies. I love watching good zombie horror movies. I love to dress as a zombie. She does. Oh, my God. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing I know. Um, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I think because they're undead. Um, I think it's because they eat human flesh, which really, if you think about it, doesn't make a whole lot of sense of why they crave it. Yeah, I think I think a big metaphor for zombies, especially the slow-moving ones, is death itself. Uh, death is coming for all of us. It's like a death march kind of feel. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's one of the, that's one of the things I think we'll get further into it on our zombie episode. Cause I think you being such a zombie fan, you deserve your own episode where we talk about zombies the whole time. Um, (laughs) yeah. What did you say? Which, which zombie? No, because you interrupted me. Sorry. But, um, yeah, so I (laughs) think. Husbands do that to wives. (laughs) Yes. Uh, but I think. Um, anyway, I, th- I I love my favorite is slow moving zombies for sure, but um, I do find fast moving zombies just as creepy. But so my first for my first pick, that was a long introduction to give you my first pick, which is Dawn of the Dead. I mean, I would have yes. to pick that one by George Romero because you know it just really kicked off zombie the, movies the modern, again, like yeah, yeah more modern uh, zombie movies and the way zombies c- kind of look. Even yeah. today, yeah, it, it cemented the lore for sure, and it ushered in the extreme gore associated with zombies in that film. I mean, you have, yeah, you have, you have uh, Night of the Living Dead, but this one being in full color and having a larger cast of characters and an interesting locale, um, yeah, it's a great film. Yeah, and I also, I guess, maybe to my my thing with zombie movies is also I try, I kind of ponder what I would do if an apocalypse actually happened. 
Yeah. And I really believe like I, you and I would not survive an apocalypse <laughs> well, I, together. Well, I would definitely not survive. I mean, who needs an artist <laughs> when they have hordes of zombies? I mean, I would be completely useless. So I would just say, all right, I'm done. The that's world doesn't see, need me That's horrible. Anymore. But that's not even what I mean. I feel like we would argue so much that oh, we yeah. would just, we would both get bitten in the, in the, in the middle of argument. Of what to do, because we both... We, uh, we tend to be pretty cooperative, but... No, yeah, we, not about that. We have our moments of, of, high, <laughs> of high stress. Yes. All right. And we don't agree. But anyway, for, uh, for, uh, for some things. But one thing I did tell Enzo, that if there were to be an apocalypse, and I were to get bitten and turned, just to let me turn for just a little tiny bit of time before you put something through my brain. Oh, man. That is so creepy. You know that most people don't want to be zombies, right? I do for a minute. <laughs> I mean, if I have to. That is really weird. Well, I love zombies. What do you I have to say? say, when I do the makeup on her and she's in full zombie mode, she, she you have a gleeful look in your eye. Like, you really I love like, it. You really like the zombie thing. and it's, it's fun. It's fascinating. And I think that's why our marriage works, because... You know, uh, to love horror, you have to kind of, you have to have a fascination with the morbid. And I think you grew up without it, without kind of that stuff. Uh, but you, but when I started introducing you to it, you didn't shy away from it. And you were, you became very fascinated by it. I just love the feeling of being scared. Um, I think yeah. it makes you feel, you know, like a kid again. You even kind of laugh at yourself when you're startled mm -hmm. by something, you know, yeah. like you see a shadow or... Or after you see a horror movie, you just you feel like someone's breathing down your neck, but really there's no one there, and then you just kind of chuckle that scared, <sighs> that scared kid chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good for stress release too. Like uh, it's funny because a lot a lot of my friends they'll go home and watch a comedy. You know, if if we've had a, like a stressful day or whatever, I go home and I'm trying to look for the dirtiest, grisliest horror horror film I can find. And I find that way more relaxing. You know, I've always said I'm wired a little differently. And thank God that you understand it and can also enjoy it as well. That's um, fun. But yeah, to this day, I, I always go horror first. Yeah. You know. That's always a fun time. All right, so I'm dying to know your first pick. What is it? So my first pick um, is a movie that I really, really worship. Is John Carpenter's The Thing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's one of the great examples of what I look for in horror. If you've ever seen the film, the location isn't that big or, you know, grand. Even the, the overall scenario isn't that big and grand. It's, it's kind of an intimate horror film, but every component in that film is perfect or near perfect. Um, it takes place uh, in Antarctica, and it's a research facility. Um, these researchers, they find a crashed spaceship, uh, and they bring back the remains of, uh, of a, a creature. Um, before this happens, they have an incident with a dog that's coming from another research facility, uh, and they speak a different language, and they don't know what's going on with the dog. But this leads them to kind of check out the Norwegian facility as well. Um, and so there's all this great mystery and intrigue at the beginning. Uh, no one is quite sure what's going on. Um, but under the surface, um, this creature that they encounter is a shapeshifter. And the, the dog that they first see is actually not a dog. And 
If you haven't seen it, shame on you. <laughs> I'm sure everyone has. Yeah. Um, maybe younger viewers haven't. If if you haven't, give it a chance. It is, it the is nearly perfect. Or the remake. As a little kid, I saw the original before this one, but this one is so different, and I think that's why it's on my list because uh, before I saw John Carpenter's The Thing, I had seen the original Thing, and I had I had watched all these. Um, post-war uh, horror films, black and white horror films. I, I watched all the Hammer films, which I love. Uh, of course, Universal, the actors in Universal are some of my heroes. Um, so I was kind of used to the standard creature tropes. And then this movie comes along and is so out of left field. The, the shape-shifting and transformations in, these, in this movie are borderline psychotic like they you don't know where it's gonna go and as a makeup artist and as a you know fledgling makeup artist back then i was like how are they even how are they even doing this stuff like how did they even plan to try to do this stuff it's so crazy i honestly Um, prefer that practical yeah the practical makeup i mean cg is great but if it's done bad it's yeah i I, i'm a big fan of um practical mixed with cg Mm. and do the practical whenever you can especially when it involves actors and then do the cg where you know you can't do it cost effectively um or logistically for you know for for that stuff and i and i've seen certain films do that and it I think it really works. Um, but yeah, I think this film is a great, great example of um, practical makeup. You know, Rob Bottin did all the, the, the core designs and uh, core work on this. And it is a masterpiece of that 80s makeup era. Yeah, I mean, it is, it is amazing. And then every actor is great. The tension is great. Um, yeah, that, that's what I like. The sorry, the 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 pace of the tension, I think, is really good. Yeah, and you and you don't know which character is going to survive. You don't know which character has already been infected. So there's a moment in the middle of the film that um, involves the researchers, and they're trying to revive one of them who has kind of fallen ill. Um, and that scene is completely shocking and gory and terrifying and grotesque and brutal and all of it and it's it's a the perfect example of why i love this film all its components are perfect and when i remember when i saw that movie i remember thinking see this is this is horror at its pinnacle when it's taken seriously when it's written well when it's acted well when you take the time to really craft it, it can be so vital, you know? Mm. So I'm always looking for those movies that are smart, lean and mean, and don't mind being called horror. And this this film is is it for me. Yeah, I really enjoyed the film um, for all of those components. Well, the components of the gore, of course, because that's my taste. But It is gore. Um, I also like when they show human nature like how yeah. people handle different situations yeah and each character Either is great from a, or poorly you know yeah, and each character is from a different ethnic background different walk of life 
like age, all all of everything. them, age. Yeah, it it yeah um, yeah it, it it and it's definitely a, a a play on on all that. You you see, it almost feels like a stage play in many ways. Mm. Like each character is, has their own part to play mm-hmm. and attitude and all that, and then they're in the middle of this really highly tense situation. Um, yeah, I love it. It has it had to have been the first one I men- mentioned on my list. Uh, okay. It's a good one. What what's your next one? So the next one I'll talk about is The Collector, two thousand nine. Oh, I really love this movie. Yeah. It's wow. It's both of them are there's a there's a sequel as well, but I I definitely prefer the first one. Mm-hmm. Um so for those of you who haven't seen it, it's it's a it's a really intricate story plot. It's 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 interesting. So it's a man who is working at a house um, as a contractor mm-hmm. for these rich people. Yep. And his wife gets into some trouble. He, she owes some bad people money. And she has, you know, until that evening to pay them off. And so since he has been working for this man, um, he was a jeweler. He has like this precious stone in his safe that he knows. And he cracks safe. Like he's a professional thief, basically, right. this guy. And so he goes back to the house because the family's supposed to, I think, be out or something at some function. Yeah. And so he goes back, but what he does, what he soon realizes is that a serial killer has come in and has set up booby traps um, in the house uh, for the and has c- captured the the parents. Yeah, and is torturing them. <laughs> yeah, and in and the basement. This is no average serial killer, too. Like this no. is like a mastermind, almost like a jigsaw. Yeah, he know, basically kind of collects character. people. That's why he's called the collector. Yeah, and it's gory. It's cringe. You cringe. Yeah. Um, the booby traps are oh, brutal. Man. Like yeah. this is like the it's like serial killer slasher, um, psychological horror. All yeah, in and one then movie. and then the main protagonist, he's 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 a clever guy in his own right too, and he's he's yes he's he's had a sordid past, but you can tell during the the movie he makes these, he makes choices to help or either to leave or to help or and you can tell he's got a moral compass there, and I think that's what makes the film really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, I this film got overlooked. Definitely got over. I, I talked to friends about it, and some have not seen it. And it's one of those hidden gems that is well worth seeing. And you're right, the sequel I think is good as well. It it takes it to a different place, but overall, you still have that yeah, great so it's villain. Definitely worth a view. The second one. Yeah. And I'm a nail biter, so when this I get nervous, for sure. or literally like when I get nervous, or it's it's a tense movie. I bite my nails, and I didn't have any little nail I had. I had zero at the end of this movie because it was just like, oh my god! Yeah, it was the boob when you can tell that they're going into the booby trap. Oh, oh my god! And then yeah. they're they're like horrific. Yeah, and then the horrific. Cam- the camera trap. will follow the mechanism, which I think is a always a cool yes. touch. It's it's a pretty cool film. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look look for it. I think I saw it either on Shutter or Netflix. Uh, it was Netflix? on Shutter recently. Yeah, and, and I remember we watched Both it of them, again, and yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this is still pretty good. I think your exact so. words to me when you said I'm gonna play this movie because you love it is, "You're a sick fuck." But I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Maybe not the F word. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your second choice? Um, so my second choice um, is Rosemary's Baby. Mm. One of the reasons I, I picked Rosemary's Baby is because uh, it's a very elegant film, period. I mean, it's just really well shot. Roman Polanski, you know, it 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 has a it has a very tasteful look, but underneath it, it's it, the sense of dread that it creates, um, the tension it creates. It's one of the greatest um, when it comes to that. In fact, I see a lot of. I mean, obviously, we we watch a lot of modern horror, and a lot of the times, I'll tell. Shayna, I'm like, oh yeah, this guy, this guy likes Rosemary's Baby, because that's what this reminds me of. Um, it it's really influential. Mia Farrow as the main protagonist is is fantastic. She's Such so likable. She's so likable. You feel bad for her. Um, she's all sickly, and you know everyone's patronizing her, but you know you can just feel it. Something's wrong. Something's off. Um, and the scenes, the really shocking scenes in that movie, because uh, there are a couple, uh, are still really tastefully done, mm -hmm. but still shocking, still yeah. effective. And I think that's why I like the film so much. I think you can do horror in a very elegant and subtle way as well and have it still be really potent and really effective and memorable. Um, yeah. That's why I got to pick Rosemary's Baby as my second. Yeah, that's a good one. I think what I like about Rosemary's Baby is that it has a very uncomfortable tension pacing. Yeah. Like, you're just uncomfortable the whole time, but you can't really put your finger on it. Yeah. Yeah, and all the Fully. acting's there. All the acting's there. All Ruth Gordon, like, everything. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's fantastic. It's, it's so well done. Do you have your next one? Yeah, so the next one I'm going to talk about is Jeepers Creepers. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love Jeepers Creepers. I really hate the controversy surrounding Jeepers Creepers, but yeah, this is such a good creature film. Like the creature itself is really creepy. Yeah. Um so for those who have been living under a rock and haven't seen it, it's about um a creature serial killer. Yeah. Um I think that's what's interesting about, yeah. about the film. And so he hunts down people. Um, and so the, the, the story in, in the first one really centers around this siblings uh, on a road trip going home from college. And their relationship is very believable. Yeah, and that's that's part of the charm, <laughs> have, too, of the movie. I two sisters and one brother, and the way they interact with each other on that road trip, it's like, yeah, that's how siblings are with each other. Yeah, so, yeah. and this road trip movies always creep me out because, you know, you always feel like this shit could really happen. <laughs> yeah. And so they're on a road trip, and they run into this. It's time for this creature to come out because it's his season. And so he does, and they encounter him. And I don't want to give too much away. Yeah, keep but, it, I mean, you can just talk about the framework of the story. Uh, yeah, we're we're very much anti spoiler I hate on, the, spoilers. on this podcast. Where that's kind of one of they our anger mandates. Me. Um, if we are going to spoil a scene, we're going to put spoiler warnings. Um, but in general, with our reviews and with our uh, summaries of movies, we're going to try and keep things pretty general and pretty uh, pretty vague. That way, the people who have seen it will 
will know what we're talking about. The people who haven't, we're not going to spoil it for them. So, so this creature is super relentless. Um, it's about a brother sister whose relationship is like your typical sibling relationship, like Enzo said, but having to work together to try to outsmart this supernatural serial killer creature. Yeah, it ha- you know it's interesting because it has it has a great kind of drive-in horror movie feel to yeah. it. Yeah, like it's not it's not overly heady or you know and not dopey either. Like it's a perfect balance and to me a lot of horror that falls within that can be really really entertaining and i feel like jeepers creepers is jeepers creepers one and two have that yeah forget three don't watch that one but um i love the design of jeepers creep the the jeepers creeper the the creeper the creeper guy someday i will (laughs) yeah someday i will um dress as him yeah you you've talked about that I want to do that for Halloween. Yeah, I think year. that would be a, a real challenge. I like when when he kind of gets angry, like the way he looks when he gets angry or when he screams. Yeah. To me, that's when he looks the scariest. So well, again, I'll keep it vague, but you'll know if you've seen it. Um, cool. Yes. Yeah, that's that's another great choice. I think it definitely shows where you are in your <laughs> I think taste. my next two will also. <laughs> but go ahead. So what's your next one? Um. I would say my next one would have to be Hellraiser. Of course. Yes, Hellraiser. Um, I remember when we first saw Hellraiser, we saw it in the theater. Um, I I was really drawn to it because I, d- I didn't know quite what to expect. And especially, you know, it's the kind of the tail end of the 80s, and the 80s had gotten really, really kind of campy. Not, not that I disliked that, but uh, it was more kind of in the Freddy era tail end of the freddy era yeah and all of a sudden this movie comes along and it's it starts off you know very provocative and you know it has a lot of the sexual intrigue with julia and frank Uh, and i'm like wow this is really interesting and different um but yeah when those cinnabites show up and specifically pinhead i was like wow like this is so creative and that film has influenced so many other films since it i i I almost feel like it influenced an entire era of horror films you know like you know including things like saw Mm. you know um but uh i just love i love the pinhead character i love the idea that the cinnabites are these demons that are proud of hell that are proud of suffering that are proud of like it's 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 such an eerie thing to think about, you know. And then they're stately and poised, and they have manners. It's like it's a really, really different take on something horrific like this. And I think that's another thing I look for in horror. I love to be blindsided by an approach that's completely out of nowhere and, and different. Um, and I think, I mean, since then, you know, I, I delved into Clive Barker more, and he always. He's such an outside the box thinker. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny to say for, you know, puzzle box, yeah, yeah. lament Ba-dum. configuration, all that. But <laughs> yeah, so I just I feel like um Hellraiser, uh Hellraiser one and two, I absolutely worship those movies. Cause they are dark and they feel evil. Like the it doesn't feel like, you know, uh kind of playful Dante's Inferno evil. It feels like 
evil, evil, like really scary. Well, it's definitely evil. I mean, the Cenobites aren't the only ones who are evil. I mean, if you think about yeah, that's what's great Julia about and Frank and the way she brings dudes back so yeah. that he can yeah. consume their flesh or blood or whatever so that he can... I think you're talking about something that I've, I've caught on for this film a long time ago is the the human characters in the story, they're the villains. You know, Julia and Frank, they're the villains. And if you think about it, you know, the way the Cinebites behave, they have a they have rules to what they do and kind of um, and that that's kind of elaborated on more in the lore and in the later films. And he, there's even some comic book stuff that Clive Barker did where he talks about that. And yeah, I think the the monsters are are Julie and Frank. I yeah, mean, I mean that's pure the, what evil. they're willing to do to be together is yeah. pretty pretty harsh. You know, including murder, multiple murder, and all all that stuff. So. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I love Hellraiser. I think it's yeah, it's a good film. And and I you know I don't like being overly negative, but I think this franchise, if it was really taken care of, like if if they cared about it and treated it with the same kind of care that the first two films were, I mean it would it would have it would have taken off, you know. But there's been some inconsistencies in the films, you know, to say the least. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so my next one, of course, I have to pick this one. Not only was it my first horror movie I ever saw as a child, but it still messes me up when I watch it till this day. And of course, that's the amazing Exorcist. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, holy smokes. This movie has all the demon love for horror that you could think of. Um, the fact that it's a little girl that's being possessed. Yeah. Um, all of the special effects that they did in the movie too were pretty amazing. If you watch like a behind the scenes that we've watched before of how they did all the different, um, you know, bed shakings and yeah, all that kind of and stuff. I, again, I think it's the first example, first solid example of you make a horror film and you take it seriously. You really try and make a great film. People will respond to it, even people who aren't horror fans. You know, you, you we saw it with Get Out. We saw it with, you know, Silence of the Lambs. You know, there, there's there's been countless examples after, but this is the granddaddy that shows, you know, horror can be taken very seriously if it's done to a very, very high caliber, and this film does it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it's it's interesting because I, I when I mentioned The Exorcist to maybe even some younger people, or even people our age that have seen it again, they find it cheesy. Yeah, it's which it, I don't understand at all. It's all about the context of time. You know, when when uh, The Exorcist came out, nothing at all was anything like it. No. And then of course there were tons of copy copycats afterwards, but no nothing reached the pinnacle of of this film. So, if you haven't grown up with that, if you don't really quite understand that, you know, Emily Rose is like the 15th version of the of the exorcist done over and over again it's going to be your generation's exorcist but there's still only one no definitely and i i i'm sorry but i don't think i've ever seen a uh, exorcism movie that has even topped the exorcist no i i don't yeah i mean it is it is the granddaddy absolutely it and it's great filmmaking too it's a beautiful film so if you haven't watched it in a bit you should watch it again yeah it's really good and i think too we we grew up Catholic, 
So I think also that has a lot to do yeah. with, with maybe the fear of of some of the content and the horror of uh, what's in The Exorcist. Yeah, but. I think it's it's interesting. I think Catholicism specifically can get very bloody. Like its depictions of of Christ can be overly bloody, and and I think this kind of uses that and kind of taps into that. So yeah, for us, I mean, it, it's pretty. It was a pretty substantial film. Um, but yeah, I think it's a masterpiece horror film. Yeah, love The Exorcist. Watch it again. So what's number four, Enzo? Um, so my number four is The Shining. Oh, yes. So I saw the film first. And after I saw it, um, my sister had just read the book. And she said, you know what? You should try to read the book because it has so much more to it. And it's really scary. Um, she's not a big horror fan, but she's, she was a big reader. Um, so I read the entire book and I really love all the things that they left out. Like there's so many great scenarios that are not in the film. With that said, the film is an absolute horror masterpiece. Mm, Yeah. And I know Stephen King is not a huge fan of it, but there's just visual choices in this film and the the mood that Kubrick sets. Um, He's good at setting the the mood. Yeah, and then films. and then someone like Kubrick, who is such an elegant filmmaker, not approaching horror like how everyone else does. You know, he the the scene with the the blood coming out of the elevator, the way it's slow and you just stare at it. I've had nightmares that look like this. So you know, it's like to bring a caliber of of a filmmaker like Kubrick to it um, and and his and everything he brings to it and then the visual palette and just the tone, the pace, the way people in Kubrick films uh, tend to speak. Um, yeah, I think it's an uh, absolute horror ma- masterpiece. I remember watching the first portion of the film and thinking, oh, I wonder how scary this is going to be. And then you... <laughs> And then you get to moments like the back bathtub scene. Yeah. Again, I was a kid when I saw it. I thought I had the film down. I thought I was going to be okay. And I saw that scene with the bathtub, and I was not prepared. I had nightmares for days. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty horrific. <laughs> and to this day, I mean, I still, you know, I, I'll, I'll see The Shining on TV, and of course I have to watch it because I just love that film. Um. And it'll get to the you know the the bathtub scene, and I'm like, oh man, do do I really want to watch this? Because <laughs> I mean, that's a a real old woman. That's not makeup. Like the, that's I think what's so creepy and scary about it. And you know, I think um, there's a lot of teeth in that film. I think another thing too is that when I was a little boy, I looked like the kid from The Shining, and I was kind of this quiet little weird kid. Um, that drew all day. Um, so I really related with Danny. Like I really, hmm. you know, I, I, from the first moment I see the way he behaves and kind of interacts with adults and stuff like, wow, that's me. I, I used to be exactly like that kid. Uh, and I think that's what got me through the book as well. Like I, I could identify with the Danny character a lot. Um, but again, I picked the shining because when a great director does horror, and wants to be there and wants to do a great thing with it, it can really show 
and it can elevate horror to to new to new uh, levels. And I think I lo- I always look for that as well. Um, and The Shining is a great example of that. Yeah, I was really surprised that Stephen King didn't like the de- depiction of The Shining, but I mean, I get it. Um, I, I get it too. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I get it. I, th- there are two problems here. There's two problems here. One, Kubrick is dealing with a very short amount of time. So there's that. And then, the again, the book is is massive. So King has more than enough time to force all these really cool concepts in there. He had to pick and choose, I guess. But. Yeah, I mean, he did. But, yeah, I agree. I think The Shining is a really good um, horror movie. I haven't read the book. I'm kind of afraid to, to read it. Oh, man, you have to read the book. It's amazing. <laughs> but King's books tend to be um, big, you know, like... Yeah, uh, detailed. Yeah, very detailed. But you never get bored reading them, so yeah, that's the best part of it. But, yeah, I agree. The Shining's a great classic. Okay, so for my next one, I had to pick a slasher film because I'm a total slasher girl too yes she is and so it has to be the original texas chainsaw massacre <laughs> i love that movie you really it's love so those brutal movies disgusting it has creepy family road trip horror cannibalism yeah they feed that shit to you if you buy their product skin it's masks skin masks chainsaws yeah it's dirty it's gritty it's horrific it's um it has everything i just love it and i know it has all the typical you know horror but it's taking elements to to it but different level so i also kind of formed a deeper connection to texas chainsaw massacre (laughs) i know that (laughs) sounds really odd it sounds but (laughs) when we went to universal studios that was one of the best mazes i have ever been to that brings up a good good point the the Date Night Horror Show is going to be predominantly about horror movies, but we're also going to be talking about other horror-related things like like uh, Universal uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Not Scary Farm. Not Scary Farm. Uh, we'll do our reviews of that stuff as well, as along with other things. But I agree with you. That, that first experience in their Texas Chainsaw Massacre maze was unbelievably scary. <laughs> It was crazy. It had everything. It even had the smells. So you smelled like rotting mm-hmm. meat. You went you under the house and you could smell blood. it. Blood. Yeah, they attacked every sense. Oh my god, it was I've never been through another maze that good, I'm sorry. Ever. Yeah, no, in it's, it's any of the mazes we've been to. It was a lightning in the bottle scenario for yeah. sure. For sure. But I love Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um Weren't you saying that you were you were um, debating whether Halloween or well, I mean, yes, you have to love Halloween because Halloween, you know. Yeah, it created it, it just created, created the, the, for the yeah, it really did, and it has sustained for the most part. I mean, there's been some not so great ones, but um, yeah, I mean, Michael Myers is a cool um, slasher serial killer for sure. Yeah, but I don't know. There's just something te- Texas Chainsaw just really touches on a lot of things. Like I said, the cannibalism. The road trip horror part yeah. of it, um, and then it I mean, the it relentless came out of nowhere. killing. Like, it, it does visual things that it, no other film had done before, like all the the bones and the you know the weird bone sculptures and the family and, you and know, the, the grandpa mask? and all that. Yeah, this mask so, made of skin. So I mean, come on, it's unique. disgusting. Yeah, I it, love it. 
Yeah, it was good. It's funny because I know you were debating on whether to do Halloween or Texas Chainsaw, and you eventually uh, picked Texas Chainsaw. Um, <clears throat> I would have to say that between you and I, um, I think like like Donnie and Marie, I'm a li- <laughs> I'm a little bit Halloween, and you're a little bit Texas Chainsaw. I think the way we enjoy horror, I kind of look for more of a Halloween thing. You kind of look for you you want some. You want you want. I like it to the be constant little... stimuli. I like it. Yeah. punching me in the face. Yeah, through the whole movie. Right. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Um, cool. Uh, uh, is what's that your it? What's your last pick? Ah, uh, my la- okay. So my last pick was gonna be The Exorcist because to it. I still think it is the great granddaddy of all horror films. It is like the godfather of horror films. But we already covered that with you. So I'm going to pick another film that I really, really love. Um, An American Wharf in London. Oh, that's a fun one. Yeah. um, Again, when this movie came out, um, I wasn't expecting all the comedy. And I think the comedy really, really works in the film. Uh, But the horror is still really prominent. It's still primarily a horror film. There's that. And then two, I had watched so many werewolf films before. And the transformations were always those, those kind of fade from one transformation to this, this one. When I see them going for the full physical transformation in front of the camera, I was completely blown away by it. Yeah, it is good. Yeah. Um, I think Rick Baker won uh, the Academy Award, first makeup effects Academy Award, which to me is a travesty. I think that 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 Academy Award should have been around for decades before. But anyway, that film just blew my mind at how not only were they trying to make something look like something, now they're like, how do we make something look like something changing into something else? And I love that transformation scene. I, lo- I love it's the- really good yeah it's it's awesome like it 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 is some of the best in practical makeup um uh, in fact like you you watch something like um the 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 new universal wolfman movie and a lot of their transformation they do with cg and then rick baker did you know does the practical stuff you know same guy and i think they should have just had him do the transformation stuff as well because the transformation stuff in the new film, it looks, oh, here's the CG moment. It's just too sterile. It's too perfect. Um, you're, the human eye catches it. Mm. This is physical. You know, it has quivery motion in it. It has, you Especially know. Especially for the time, I think, too, yeah. right? It, it's pretty, I mean, it's very well done. Very, very well done. Shockingly well done. Um, and... And it's still a great film. You watch it, it's still great. There, there's a great little love story in the movie. The humor completely works. Um, all the the practical effects are top, top notch. You know, just as good and in some ways better than what you see today, practical. Like, it, it, it's still it's still a great horror film that still holds up to this day. I love the best friend because every time he sees him, he's kind of, his face is falling Jack, off more and yeah. more. I love that. Yeah. That that to me is some really good detail. Yeah. I think people forget I'm sorry, to, I to you add that. Jack. <laughs> I think people forget to do that though. That's what a lot of people make the mistake with zombies too. Like they don't decay, yeah, you know? 
David, you have to kill yourself. <laughs> That's so good, man. I, yeah, I love it's a great, that. Film. It's a fun movie. I love That's that a film. fun date movie for sure. Oh, yeah. You should, it's, it's awesome. You should put that on again when you're with your significant other. That's a fun one to watch. It's an awesome film. And, and again, it, it's a little better than Driving Horror, I think slightly better. Um, but it is, it's one of those super entertaining horror films. Um, yeah, I had to put it on there because. Because I look for stuff like that as well. That's a great choice. So, so I have an honorable mention. I have one as well. <laughs> cool. But go go ahead, do it. So this is going way back, but I absolutely love this movie, Homebodies. Ah yes, <laughs> that's an obscure one. It's a that's super obscure, obscure one. one. We've only been able to find it on YouTube. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's about this um, apartment complex. Uh, that's a kind of a retirement ap- apartment complex. It's older um, seniors that live in it. Yeah. And of course... In New York. Yeah, the area gets gentrified and they're trying to move them out so that they can build like, you know, luxury condos or whatever, or a shopping mall. Yeah. And so the the senior citizens fight back. Yeah, it's like it's like imagine if, <laughs> if the cast of Cocoon... <laughs> Yeah, decided yeah. to kill everyone around them. Like it's yeah. it's essentially and that. it it's so awesome. Like the the senior citizens are really sweet, and they yeah. invite you for some sweet tea. Yeah, they're like they're, and cookies that are laced with poison. You don't even know it. Yeah, and it's then and they get amazing. even that that's one of the soft kills. Oh, like it don't gets reveal. Even more, yeah, no, I'm not gonna. There's a really that. horrible kill. There's a few. <laughs> there's yeah, there's a few, but there's one in particular that you're just like, oh, yeah, oh, the one you're talking about. I, yeah. I still think about to this day, and I remember seeing that movie in the early days of Home Box Office, HBO, um, and uh, they, I swear, back in, that, back in that time, they only had like 10 movies, so they would play them over and over again. So I remember when Home Bodies was being played over and over again, you know, my friend comes to me, he's like, have you seen this movie Home Bodies on HBO? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And and I see it and absolutely love it. Love this movie. Yeah, that one kill you keep mentioning. I I always remember that scene. It's such a great scene. And people who have seen it, they know exactly what scene I'm talking yeah. about. Please, please go on YouTube and see if you can find it. If you're a horror fan, because it's just a great movie. Yeah, it's called Home Bodies. Really, really great. I'm dying to know your honorable mention. So my honorable mention is The Lost Boys. Oh, yes. Um. And it's another good date movie. Yeah, I, I I wanted to have a horror movie that was kind of, I would say, on more on the drive-in horror side, and I think this one is. Um, I just really love that film. I I, I I remember watching it. We we saw it in the theater. We were we were in our teens. <laughs> I was this long-haired rock kid. Um, I sang in a band, you know. Uh, so I really. I really identify with Michael. Like I am, I'm like, oh shit! I would want to hang out with these dudes because I, you know, they know how to dress. You know, they're rock and roll guys like me. You know, um, I wouldn't get talked into doing stupid stuff like drugs or anything like that. But I think I would, I would eventually get lured into becoming a vampire, and I think I would handle it exactly the way Michael did. Like, oh my god, I'm, I'm in over my head because he's That's a good funny. kid, you know. And and I love that be about the worms. film. Yeah. At beating maggots and everything, um, and I, I was—it's I, that I think it, it, it's a really fun '80s movie. But one of the things I really love about it is when the Lost Boys gang 
eventually when you see them vamp out the first time it is scary it is brutal it is bloody they attack those punks at that bonfire and you know they don't pull any punches with it it is awesome and the vampire fights towards the end are so cool some of my favorite scenes the makeup is awesome the way they sleep is so cool um oh man Kiefer Sutherland is such a great villain it it's it's a fantastic vampire film yeah it's one of the better vampire films absolutely and it's awesome and it it has that teenager thing and I guess when they first started working on it they wanted to give it a Goonies vibe uh, but then Joel Schumacher wanted to wanted to go a little older with it and make it more kind of a teenager thing, and it, I, I think where they landed is so so cool. And before you say, "Oh my gosh, the Lost Boys," then watch it one more time because it is a really fun um, date night movie for sure, and it is a good vampire flick. Oh my god, flick. it's awesome! It's awesome. And then it has some it has some really good songs in the soundtrack. It's it's so cool. Yeah. Okay, I think we're done with our top five. Uh, Movies that that explain who we are as horror fans. Uh, I got one more thing I want to do with you. I want to play this little game with you. Uh oh, I'm not okay? good at this kind of stuff. <laughs> it's gonna be. It, don't think about it too much. I'm just gonna. You know, have you ever played the the whole F Mary Kill? Thing? Oh yeah. Okay. Of so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little play on that. Uh, I want to know your quick review of certain movies that have gotten a little bit of controversy that have kind of polarized people. Um, based on what they are. Okay. 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 So, uh, instead of F Mary Kill, I'm gonna have Make Out, Mary, or Meh. So Make Out means yeah, you should see it once. Mary means you should own it because you're gonna want to see it multiple times. It's great. And Meh is don't even bother. Got it. So okay, ready? I'm ready. Here we go. All right, and I'll and I'll answer too after you answer. Okay, here we go. Play. Make out. Mary. Yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween remake. Make out. Uh, I would say Mary. Like I actually like really. It. I like it enough to own it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Blair Witch Project. Major May. Mm, yeah. I I'm gonna have to agree with you. I I think. I think I would choose Make Out because I think you should see it at least once, but to see how it's ultimately really unsatisfying as a horror film. And so I, I kind of feel like it's meh. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll go with meh. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't even bother seeing it. I just think that they did a good job about hyping up this film, but then once you watch it, it is pretty disappointing. Yeah, I think the genius of the film is how something so independent and low-budget was able to get so much buzz. People actually went to the theater thinking it was real found footage. And I think that's the genius of the film. Yeah. But there are zero scares in this movie. There are None. zero scares. The only scare, the only like make it stop scare happens at the end. And that's pretty meh. So I don't I, even remember what it was, to be honest. Yeah. I, uh, it's the whole corner thing. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was I was ultimately not a fan. Okay, uh, remake of Psycho, nineteen ninety eight. Anne Hage, Vince Vaughn. Do you remember that? Barely. So I'll, I'll say Make Out because maybe I should watch it. Uh, I would choose Make Out because 
it was a respectable um, attempt, but uh, just what's the point of remaking a classic like? Yeah, I don't, like I don't that? understand still, that either. It's still a potent film. So, I mean, the yeah. original is still awesome to watch, though. So. Yeah, with Psycho, with remake of Psycho, I would have to say Make Out. Uh, remake of Dawn of the Dead. You, one of your favorite films. Darn, that's hard. Two thousand. I guess I would say Mary because I, I I actually liked it. I I enjoyed it. Um, I think it's worth owning. There there are so many zombie films that aren't that great. Um, so I would say Mary. Yeah, I'd have to say Mary. I'm gonna have to agree with you on that. I was very skeptical about this film, and I think the first few, the first fifteen minutes are they punch you in the face with with how scary the the zombies are. Yeah, and they're more runner type zombies, but it's still still really really effective. Um, there's out of nowhere character deaths like it it doesn't pull any punches. And I absolutely love the ending. So yeah, I, oh yeah, the I ending think is, it is really worth, good. It is definitely worth marrying. Like that is that's a good one. Uh, so not all remakes are bad. Um, okay, the thing prequel, two thousand eleven. I would say Mary. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought I it thought was really so good. Too. I thought so too. Um, I think they they paid a lot of respect to the original story. Yeah, I agree. They added to the lore, which I thought was really interesting. They figured out a way to kind of tell who was who that wasn't in the original film or, you know, in the Carpenter film. Um, I think the only thing I would complain about is the CG. I think, um, you know... That's always hard. They should have put some practical in there with the CG. Yeah. And, And in fact, there are some scenes that there is some practical, but it's kind of stationary and it works really, really, really well. Uh, I think, again, CG integrated with practical would have made this film just as beloved, I think. Um, and I think they they put effort into to trying to make the, the goriness and the grotesqueness of the creature uh, match the one, you know, the ones in the Carpenter version. Um, yeah, I, I would say Mary as well. I, yeah, I, it's okay. It was a good prequel. I think it's worth owning if you can get it at and a good price. And prequels are hard to make, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, an American Werewolf in Paris. Makeout. Yeah, I would say Makeout as well. It wasn't as good as London. I think it's, London, it suffers from CG as well. Um, but it was a... It's a fun movie. It's an okay attempt. It's some good actors in it. Um, but yeah... It's, it's, I don't think it's marrying material. No. <laughs> but you wouldn't take it home to mom. <laughs> that's right. Not like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the new It movie, 2018. Mary, I really liked it. Yeah, I would probably I really, marry really it as well. liked it. I, I, you know, I, I wasn't as big a fan as that of them separating out the, the two eras. Cause when you read the book, you, you, they're kind of in, intermingled from what I remember, right? Like they go back and forth between the time. Yeah. Um, but I think they're gonna, they're probably gonna do some interesting things with the adult story. So I liked it. And I thought that that it was creepy. Yeah, and and when you know what it is, you know, it's a bit of a letdown in the book. But um, the way they integrated it into the film is interesting and creepy yeah i I really so, enjoyed it i wasn't bored at all 
throughout the movie. I thought it had really good pacing. I thought the the it clown was creepy. Yeah. I liked it. I thought the kids were likable. So you would marry it? You'd watch it again over and over? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I I think I would say the same thing. Okay. Um, 2013's Carrie remake. Meh. Another one. It's like some of these classics that you remake just shouldn't be done. Okay, so um, I think the only reason I would choose Make Out is because it's got a, a good cast, and they, they were trying to make something good. Uh, Julianne Moore plays the mom, but the original actress who plays the mom is so creepy. And uh, Carrie's one of my absolute favorites like it is yeah the original carry you know brian de palma is it's just such a great film um and i think there are a lot of missteps in this film specifically how carrie looks in the final scenes yeah there's a there's this skeletal beauty to to uh the original film uh the way sissy spacex uh bone structure is and then the way they light her with teals and blues and then you have the blood red like there's there's a very crafted look horrific beauty that that uh that she she's depicted as and i think in this new film they didn't really do anything special with with the way carrie looks well it didn't even look that scary not like it did with the original right it it almost looked like a like an X-Men character. Like she, she didn't look like a thing of horror. If that makes any sense. No, she didn't. Um, you weren't scared of her. And I think that that was a huge misstep. So I would say make out cause you should watch it, watch it at least once. I say meh. And it was a decent attempt, but I think the overall experience to me was, was meh as well. Watch the original. Okay. Um, 2015's Poltergeist remake. I don't even remember it. This is a very, very big meh. Must I, be I meh because I must have fallen asleep because I don't remember it. It was about that. horror light. I oh, was the worst extremely time. disappointed. I was extremely disappointed. I'm, I'm open to to a sequel. The original will still be there. The remake, you, mean? you know? No, the original will still be there. I'm open. Or I'm sorry. I'm open to a, a remake. Um. But this one completely missed the mark. It is a meh. Um, okay. Uh, 2010's <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street remake. You really don't remember this movie? I it just, is awful. Yeah. That's with that other weird guy, huh? Who plays Freddy Krueger? Yeah, Jackie Earl Haley. He's been, he's been rolling around Hollywood for years and years, but he made a big comeback um, with that with that one film where he plays a pedophile, and then he yeah. eventually he was he was in uh, Watchmen. He played yeah. Rorschach, which I thought he was great in. He's a good actor. Yeah, and he was in Preacher, the Preacher series, which I thought his role was good too. Um, you you can't you it, can't replace Robert England. It's just one of those things again with classic some classic horrors. You just can't. You can't replace him. The bone replace structure, the like everything, the physicality, the humor, like he, he's just too difficult to replace. And there's there's really no point in trying. And I, I don't understand. I mean, it's not like he's like a a decrepit old man or anything. Like he could he could play Freddy again. Yeah. You know? 
And so, the story just kind of fell flat, too. The story fell flat. It tried to go deeper than it needed to, which I don't think helped the film. Yeah, I... I <sighs> hmm. I would even say meh. I, I, don't, I don't see the point even in even watching oh, yeah, it. it. It just wasn't. It didn't do it. Yeah. It didn't quite get there. Uh, and then the makeup, the approach to the makeup, I didn't think was particularly good either. I think um, later versions of Freddy do get a bit comic booky, um, But this one, it just looked odd and it just wasn't very good. Yeah. Okay, cool. That, that was fun. Did you like that? Did you like Yeah, that, that was a lot of fun. Let us know what you think. What you think of uh, the picks that we put out there. I figured it would make sense because those are those are some controversial polarizing kind of films and I I wanted to show the listeners, you know, kind of our thoughts about those things too as well. Yeah, absolutely. We want to hear what you guys think about those particular films. Sort of know what a lot of you are going to say. Uh-huh. But anyway, um okay. So let's move on to the review po- reviewing portion of the film so Uh (laughs) of the film i mean of the podcast um so this new film everyone's talking about it everyone's talking about on social media Uh, it is the netflix original film bird box okay so we're gonna watch it we're gonna watch it and then um we're gonna come back here immediately after and we're gonna give our uh impressions on it and review it okay Okay, here we go. You ready? Sounds good. Okay. And now, our feature review. Okay, we're back. <laughs> What'd you think? Well, um, okay, Bird Box. Hmm. It's interesting. I, I, so many people that are... That are that, I, that I'm friends with on Facebook that I know are not horror fans, they love this movie. And I'm, I, th- I'm shocked I think by that. that says a lot. No, that are not horror no, fans. No, I know. But I'm, I'm still shocked. I, had, I agree with you. I had friends say they had to leave in the middle of the movie and come <laughs> back. I had friends say I had to watch a Disney movie afterward. I, I, I really think, I think it's don't ex- I think it's exactly... understand that. It's the kind of movie for them. But I yeah. think... I think I mean, we're just seasoned horror people, and we watch apocalypse films a lot. So um, there's just there's there's really lazy moments in this movie where you know you're supposed to be shocked and all this, and it's just like oh, I've seen this a million times before, but done better, done a little more elegantly, um, and, and so I feel it's just not it's not a movie for me. You know, it's sort of like. When we went to see uh, World War Z. Oh, man. And, you know, there are a lot of people in that movie that wouldn't normally see a zombie movie, but because Brad Pitt's in the zombie movie, they go and they see it. And then, so this is the first zombie experience they've had. So the moments like when he's walking around and they're not attacking him, it's like Michonne did it way better. Like Walking Dead did it way better. Like conceptually did it way better. So it's like, I feel like this is the same sort of scenario. I think Sandra Bullock, I mean, I like Sandra Bullock. I I think seeing her in the movie is interesting, but I just, I didn't think the film, I I thought the film was very clumsy, extremely contrived. Um, And there were just a lot of things that bugged me about it. What did you think? So I'm a big Sandra Bullock fan. 
And I love all of her movies, her rom-coms. And I was really excited to see her in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but my biggest pet peeve in any horror movie is the dangling carrot, the teaser, and then there's it falls completely flat on its face. Or it doesn't or it doesn't seem like it knew how to resolve all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or it was kinda like one of those I don't know. I it fell really flat for me, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Quiet Place did it better. Yeah, way better. And I think Quiet Place feels like a very cohesive idea visually. And I know Bird Box is based on a book, but I don't think they, when they decided to do this film, they they didn't decide how they were going to do everything. So it feels really clumsy. Um, the climactic scene felt very contrived, very forced. And then the way it kind of presents how they get to where they get to and what happens there feels, wow, it's like Disneyland. To me, too, the the relationship with the kids, her relationship with the kids, to me, didn't make sense at all. Yeah, I think this is a concept that requires chapters to explain, like how hard their lives are, the fact that she would name them girl and boy and all that. Within the amount of time they have in this film... I just don't buy it. It's it just dorky. It it came off really yeah, ridiculous. It just didn't. Like it didn't quite work. It didn't work. Um, and then one of my biggest pet peeves is it's an apocalypse film, and Sandra Bullock's hair and makeup looks oh my absolutely perfect in every scene. She has tweezers and everything. Perfect amount of blush. Perfect amount of cover up. Her hair looks perfect. She never looks dirty. She never looks like she's she didn't shower that day like it just doesn't resonate it doesn't sound it doesn't come off believable and then once that's gone then everything else feels like actors going to sets it yeah, does I, I understand it, it doesn't it doesn't uh it doesn't feel cohesive it doesn't feel real um especially because the kids were kind of grimy even the scenes where he, she's yelling at them and you know, saying this is going to happen, we haven't seen enough. We haven't seen enough to to know why, and it just feels like exactly it feels like a parlor trick. Like, oh, this nice person is now going to act mean. Like it just it just didn't work. And yeah, I think I think the reason people uh, on social media are talking about it again, it's people. I think a lot of people were drawn to it that have, who don't that don't know the adrenaline rush of horror and the shock of horror. And some of those early scenes, you know, um, with the the suicide scenes, they are pretty shocking for someone who hasn't seen a lot of horror movies. So the beginning of the movie, I have to admit, I I was like, oh, yeah, like this is going to be cool. Yeah, it started off pretty good. I was super excited. And then when, you know, when I start to notice that they're, okay, they're not going to show this. And they're not going to give us this. Uh, it just never went there. Yeah, and that's and, what was missing. And and when they never went there, I at the end of the movie, I'm like, they didn't go there because they they couldn't. They didn't know how. Mm. They didn't have they didn't have the experience to to know how to do those things. I'm going to tell you a story. Um, one of my really close friends, um, he used to work at this place called Tippet Studios, and they did a lot of the VFX for. Um, for Blade 2. And if for those who don't know, Guillermo del Toro, he actually directed Blade 2. And one of the things, the stories my friend would say is, 
every other director that comes in here, when we show them something that's really gory, they tell us to pull back because they're not horror directors. <laughs> and we would always laugh because when, when Del Toro would come in and he would see the dailies, or, you know, the, the, the effects being worked on for Play 2, he would do the exact opposite. He would be like, I no, we need more. It. It's got to be more. It's got to be more. And that's the difference between a horror director, someone who has a love and respect for horror, understanding of what it needs to be, and someone who's not. I think this movie, it was, it's a fair attempt, but it's not a, I don't think it's a hard director. No. Um, and I looked, I looked at uh, what they had done in the past, and it, there wasn't a lot of horror there, more like human drama stuff. Um, they should have gotten a consultant for the horror stuff. Because for me, it left me very unsatisfied. Very unsatisfied. Um, the setup just wasn't there. It's the like small for an expensive meal and then leaving hungry. Yeah, the small details weren't there. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things. Like you, you know, there's there's little things to horror, and I'm not talking about cheesy jump scares or any of that stuff. I'm talking about like. Okay, if these people are struggling for resources, then their hair isn't perfect because they're not worried about that. They're worried about, you know, Surviving. when's their next meal. Yeah. They, you know, they got to get to another grocery store. They don't even look in the mirror in the more, anymore <laughs> at that point if, if, if the scenario is that dire. Um, and they've seen some stuff. They should look tired like they haven't slept well, you know. And none of that is in this movie, so it doesn't feel authentic it doesn't feel authentic and those fa when you see someone's face like that in a movie it contributes to your own tension oh for sure like you start to feel a little tense because the character looks a little more tense oh yeah for sure so uh, th that whole layer that whole layer of detail was missing in this movie you know yeah i agree and the, oh man that made me nuts that made yeah. me crazy like the fact that they have the blindfolds on okay it's like it looks like a parlor trick to me you know their their shoes aren't messed up their knees aren't worn their 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 legs uh their their jeans aren't dirty from falling you know like bumping into things you know their their shirts aren't ripped you know right right like this would happen if if you walk through the forest if you walk through the forest right now with a blindfold on if you did it for a week, you would have you would have a ripped shirt. Your shirt would be ripped. So it's like there's all these little interstitial yeah, they didn't, details. They didn't pay attention to the details that, of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just had those the shocking moments of death. You know, yeah. I'm keeping yeah, yeah, it vague. Yeah, and those were those were effective. Yeah, those were good. But then everything else wasn't stitched together. Mm -mm. Um, they didn't I bring it together. And at I thought. All. There was a massive, massive visual opportunity that they had in two instances involving what the people see yeah. when they see yeah. and what the fanatics see. I Even think that kind of fell flat. Right, because you didn't fanatics, see it. Yeah. You didn't see it. It didn't yeah. explain it more. Those were two visual moments mm -hmm. that any horror director, that would have been their carrot. That would have been their like, oh, I get to do this one scene where I show what what the fanatics are seeing as opposed to what the, I mean, yeah, that is a I massive, that. that's a nightmarish. Mo those are both nightmarish visuals that they stepped away from mm -hmm. because they didn't, I don't think they had the, the hunger to do it. Now in Jaws, Jaws is a great example of a horror movie where they didn't show you enough. They didn't show you that much at the beginning, but that was out of necessity 
And it turned out to work for the film. Now, if you were to, to never see the shark the entire film, I don't think the film would be as effective as it is. It's great that at the end, you start to really see the shark. You start to look at the shark and go, oh my God, the, we're, we're going we're gonna to need a bigger boat scene. You know, you see, you look into the shark's eyes and you see how big and scary it is. Um, that is what makes the first scene so effective and elegant. Yeah. But when you never see the shark, right. that's not good. I don't think that's good. Well, I mean, it's kind of like yeah. in The Quiet Place, if you had never seen the creature. Right. That might have felt fallen flat for me as well. Yeah, that would, have been, that would have been me going, they can't, they're not showing you the shark or they're not showing you the monster because they can't, because they don't have a good design. They don't have a good effect for it. They're hiding it. They're hiding it because they have to. Yeah. Do you, do you see yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. It's like, yeah, it's like when we were talking about the thing, the entire, you know, I read about the history of the thing and the entire movie, Rob Bottin is super nervous and insecure about how much of the effect he'll be able to show and pull it off. Mm. Like, he's like, oh, I need more shadow on this. I mean, you know, but I think they totally work. Yeah. I think they totally, especially for the time. Yeah. Oh, you know? yeah. And he had the ideas. He, he knew what the creature was supposed to look like. He had it in his head. I think in this movie, maybe the, the writer of the book, I almost feel like reading the book. Yeah, but I was thinking about that too. We should read it. Maybe the writer of the book had images, and, and I know there were other things that kind of showed, give you hints of what it was, but I don't think the filmmakers did. No. I think if you were to ask the filmmakers, what do they look like? What they, how would you describe them? Yeah. I don't think they would have a definitive, definitive answer. Like they couldn't yeah. imagine it? Yeah, and, and I, think, life. I think it was... Yeah. To me, that's what made it the most unsatisfying. That and then the final scenes that are felt so contrived. Yeah. So it, contrived. It, yeah. It felt very like, let's wrap this up in a pretty bow. Uh-huh, exactly. Yeah, the apocalypse is not gonna, ever going to be tied up in a pretty bow. Yeah. Let's just be real. Yeah. I, I, there are some illogical things in the final scenes that don't make any sense whatsoever. And maybe in later episodes, we'll go into it. Uh, or we'll talk about it on social media, but I think those things, those things are what keeps the film from from being yeah. uh, so being something an, I would recommend. Yeah. So this is another one. Keep it civil, but let us know why if you liked it or you know if you agree or disagree with us. That's cool. It would be cool to know like you know another perspective of of maybe why you enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I well, I think this was the it for our first episode. Awesome, Did you have this fun? was fun. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I cool. look forward to our 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 next episodes. Yeah, so the next episodes we're going to talk about um, new millennium horror. Um, the last two decades have been amazing for horror. Yeah, and even though a lot of the movies we talked about in this first episode were more more classics. We watch a ton of horror all the time. So I'm super excited to delve into that with you and kind of, you know, discuss what movies we've found, you know, either uh, on Prime, Netflix, or rentals, or even in the theater that we think have been good in the last two decades. Uh, and there are a lot. Yeah. I'm super excited yeah, about it. I'm excited it about it too. too. Okay, so we'll, yeah, it looks like uh, this is a wrap for the first episode. Awesome. Baby. Thanks for listening and thank you for 
starting this podcast. This is yeah, this is it's awesome. gonna be fun. We're not sick of each other yet. No, which is a good thing. Okay, so I think we're done. <laughs> we're done. Scare you later. The date night horror show is written and produced by Enzo and Reina. Thank you.